May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, Yeah, like Pastor Ryan said just a few moments ago, literally 15 minutes before the first service today, I had this ridiculous coughing fit and uh, it really strained my voice. Uh, My voice is actually much stronger than it has been most of the morning, so uh, you get the benefit of the late service. Um, But here's what I want to say. I really believe that these kinds of things that happen um, happen because of spiritual conflict. Um, I think all of these types of things that happen, especially on a Sunday morning, it's not coincidence. Um, There's a reason behind it all. And I think the enemy doesn't want you to hear what God has to say, but yet God absolutely wants you to hear what he has to say. So I think it is by no accident that you're here today. And I think it is by no coincidence that this particular message might be something that, not might be, it is something that the Lord wants you to take to heart. So um, take that for what it is. And I'm glad that you're here because I believe that God has something incredibly important and life-changing for you today. So, that said, we are in week four of our message series called More Than a Story. And in this series, we're looking at the most famous stories in the entire Bible. And many of us are familiar with these stories, you know, because so often these stories are told to children. And so we've heard them before. Um, And so, I've brought back with me uh, my little kid's Bible. And so I want us to read the story of Daniel and the lion's den out of the kid's Bible. And it has little hand motions that go with it. So I want us all to do the hand motions together. It'll be fun. Okay, here we go. It says this. It says, Daniel loved God more than he loved anyone. And then it says, give yourself a big hug. So go ahead. Yes. Now didn't that feel good? The king wanted Daniel to stop loving God. The king put Daniel in a cave with lions so that they would eat him. So now, make your hands like the teeth of a lion. Yeah, like that. Okay, very good. All right. (laughs) Here we go. God took care of Daniel. The lions didn't hurt him. They played like they were big kitty cats. And then it says, meow like a kitty. So, here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Meow. (laughs) I can't believe 500 people just did that. That's awesome. (laughs) And then, this is what the story, this is what it says. In a kid's story, this is this. It says, you probably won't meet any lions today. (laughs) But whatever you do, God will take care of you. The end. Now, look, it's pretty hard to take stories like this seriously, you know, when we're hugging ourselves and meowing like kitties, right? But what we forget is that Daniel in the lion's den is a real story about a real guy who faced a real dilemma and saw a real God come through in a real way. Now, 
let me share with you how I learned a very grown-up lesson as a young man, and then, and then how it connects with this story of Daniel and the lion's den. Now, one of my goals in high school was to become the valedictorian. Um, starting in my freshman year, really, there were only four of us that were in any real contention for that top honor. Now, I was not the number one ranked guy, so like, I had some ground that I had to make up. But... I faced a dilemma because at my church growing up as a kid, like we had Wednesday night Bible studies for teenagers, a lot like we do here at Parkway Fellowship where we have small groups for teenagers. And for me to go, it was about a two-hour commitment because, you know, because I had to get there. We had Bible study, then, you know, I had to get, get back home. So it was about, the whole thing was about two hours. But at my school, we very frequently had tests on Thursdays. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I guess the, the teachers didn't want to grade papers over the weekend. I mean, I don't know. But that was just how my school went. So I had to choose. Do I go to church on Wednesday night and study God's Word and lose two hours of studying? Or do I stay home and capture that two hours to study, and hopefully advance my class rank. Well, I remembered the story of Daniel and the lion's den. And as we're going to see in a few minutes, Daniel made a choice to be devoted to God despite that it might cost him his career, and maybe even cost him his life. But once Daniel knew that, that in the long, I mean, he knew that in the long run, Honoring God mattered more than anything that this world had to offer him. Now, once that truth hit home for me, I made my decision. I made my decision that I was going to go to church and I was going to study God's word every Wednesday night, even if I had an important Thursday test. Now, whenever I got home from church that night, like I really studied hard because I knew that I had a lot of ground to make up. Now, <laughs> what I hoped would happen was that like, when I would show up at that test on Thursday, that it would be like, oh, you know, like the Lord would just like reveal all of the answers to me, then I would just make a hundred, it would just be smooth sailing, you know, all right, but that never happened, okay? Oh. But here's, here's what did happen. That choice to follow God first now, you got to remember, that wasn't just a one-time decision. That was a decision that I made consistently, almost weekly, for the next four years, especially on those weeks that I had a test on Thursday. And, and every year, the academic stakes got higher and higher and higher. But that, that consistent pattern of choosing God first it actually became a pattern in my life. And then that pattern became a standard of saying, God, for me, you come first. And it made a lot of other choices as a teenager so much easier to make because for me in my life, I had already made the decision. God comes first. And looking back on it, I can see how that, again, that, that one small decision that I made that one day to, 
saying, I'm going to honor you, God, above all things. I can see how that one small decision became a domino effect that led to so many other decisions as a teenager that really helped me so much. And it all started that time in my, in my freshman year. You know, and I think for all of us, we understand. And all of us can think of times when we made one small decision. It seemed so insignificant when we made it. But that one small decision had a domino, a ripple effect in our lives that led to so many things that we could not possibly have foreseen. And so the story of Daniel and the lion's den will help us understand what it takes to consistently put God first, no matter the stakes. So, once again, our incredible stage team has created a pop-up book that will help us understand the story of Daniel and the lion's den that much clearer. Now, this is a depiction of the city of Babylon in the days of Daniel. Now, let me give you a little background uh, to Daniel in case you somehow don't know it all uh, or aren't familiar with it. Um, incidentally, uh, Babylon is located just south of the modern-day city of Baghdad, Iraq. It's about 500 miles east of Jerusalem. So, the background is this. Daniel and his family were actually from Jerusalem, and in 605 BC, the Babylonians invaded and conquered Jerusalem, and they took most of the population back to Babylon as slaves, including Daniel. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself and did such an amazing job that he eventually moved up in the ranks until King Darius was about to make him the number one government official. Now, all of the other government officials were in, became intensely jealous of Daniel and they resented him, and so they were out to get him. Okay? Now, Darius, the king, did not believe in God. Darius believed in himself. In fact, Darius was so consumed with himself that he considered himself a god and that he was perfectly okay with other people praying to him as such. So, keeping all of that in mind, let's begin reading the story. It's in Daniel chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. So go ahead and pull out your message notes and follow along. The Bible says this. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators of the satraps went as a group to the king and said, oh, King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed, which, by the way, was a total lie. They had not all agreed. Daniel certainly had not agreed. 
have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. All right, so let's ask this question. What does God want to show me through the story of Daniel in the lion's den? Well, here is grown-up lesson number one. Fear God, not man. Fear God, not men. In Daniel chapter 6, the story continues in verse 10. It says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, and I want you to underline this, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Okay, so here's Daniel, and he's praying to God, and he opens the windows, and he prays three times a day to God, before an open window. Now, here's the question. Why would Daniel do that? I mean, why would he pray before an open window and, and therefore put himself at risk? I mean, seriously, why not just pray with the windows closed and then everything would probably be okay? I mean, it's not like, like closing the windows somehow blocks prayer. Like, you know, somehow like glass or curtains, you know, like are some kind of a prayer barrier. Like God is up in heaven looking down and going, you know, I can see you there and I see your lips moving, but I can't hear anything. So open the window. Like, no, that's not true. So why did Daniel open the window to pray? Well, the Bible does not clearly say, but we do know this, that before the decree, he prayed with the windows open. And so, for him to close the windows would now mean that he was more afraid of Darius and these men than he would have been of God. And so, to change that practice would now be to admit that he feared them more than he feared God. So, Daniel made the conscious choice to open the window and pray because he feared God more than he feared Darius or these other men. And look, and by fear God, I, I, I don't mean that you know, Daniel you know, huddled in the corner, trembling, afraid that God was going to strike him down. No, no. When the Bible talks about fearing God or the fear of the Lord, what it really means is to be so significantly more concerned about what God thinks of you than, when, uh, than what other people think of you. And now, Why? It's because, it, it, it's because you know that God holds the universe in his hand and that his, the extent of his power knows no boundaries. And then once you come to grips with the magnitude and the majesty of God, then that spawns in your heart a reverence and an awe for God because of who he is 
and that you realize that there is no way that you would ever want to get on the wrong side of who this God is. Because here's a God who can not only affect your life on this earth, but he can now affect your existence for all of eternity. Men, what can they do? They can just affect your life here on this earth, but God can affect your life on this earth and for all eternity. So really, who should you fear? Now, here's the thing. I, I, I could not articulate any of that when I was a freshman in high school. I couldn't articulate any of this fear of God stuff through any of my years in high school. But my decision to go to church on Wednesday night over capturing that back that time to study, at the heart of that decision was the beginning of this desire to fear God and not men. It was to, to do what God wanted me to do and honor him more than what even I want to do and what other people expected me to do or pressured me to do. Now, I also, because I truly believed that in my heart that if I honored God, that, that God would take care of the rest. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I never believed that that was some sort of a guarantee that I would actually end up being valedictorian because look, God is not some sort of a vending machine you know, where you put in your obedience and then you push the button to pick whatever prize you really want. We cannot manipulate God like that. That's not how it works. But I chose to honor God because I came to the point in my life where I realized I wanted to do what God wanted me to do for no other reason other than he's God and he's worth everything. So I wanted to honor him with my choices. And for me, that was the beginning point of fearing God and not fearing men. So let me ask you a question. Do you fear God more than men? Do you fear God more than what other people think or other people expect or even what you want? Because if so, then what choices are you intentionally making that would indicate that you fear God more than other people? So do you fear God more than men? Because you ought to be able to point to some choices that you regularly make that show that you fear and honor God more than what other people expect or what other people pressure you to do or even what you would choose to do on your own. Now, don't get me wrong. There is, go there would, is going to be a cost. There is always a cost involved. There was a cost for Daniel. So it always costs you something. But it's always worth it. And so what choices are you consistently making that indicate that you fear God more than men? Look, I made that choice. It could be a thousand different things. I mean, who knows? But what choice are you making? What choice are you making? All right. Here's what happens to Daniel, okay? Because Daniel ended up breaking one of these laws that the king could not change, 
they threw Daniel into the lion's den. And this upset the king so much because Daniel was King Darius's most honest and trustworthy government official. So King Darius didn't sleep a wink that night. He got up at first dawn and ran to the lion's den in hopes that just by some miracle, Daniel might still be alive. So look what happens, verse 19 of Daniel chapter 6. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And, he tr- um, and no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. That's um, unbelievable. So here's the thing. Daniel was in the lion's den all night long. But you know what? The lions did not touch him. Nothing happened at all because God protected Daniel. Now, I, I gotta say, like, isn't that cool right there? I mean, that, like, I have no idea how they did that, but that is, I mean, that really is amazing. I, after this is over, I think I'm just gonna cut that out and like just take that home because that's just so amazing and cool. But now, don't miss the point. The point is, is that Daniel trusted God and God saved Daniel. So, here is grown-up lesson number two that I want you to get this morning, and that is this. My choices don't affect just me. My choices don't affect just me. Now, as you can imagine, once the king realized that Daniel was okay, he turned his attention to the men who set Daniel up. Look what happens. Verse 24. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Now, I mean, that's horrible, I know. But the lesson is clear, okay? My choices don't affect just me. And your choices don't affect just you. And I am sure that these guys could not possibly have foreseen how their political maneuvering against Daniel would, one, would soon cost their children their lives. And the reason they couldn't possibly have foreseen that is because they did not understand or believe in this grown-up lesson that my choices don't affect just me. And see, the choices that you make don't affect just you. Your choices affect your spouse. They affect your children. They affect your grandchildren. They even affect your great-grandchildren, maybe who haven't even been born yet. Choices that you make about money, about alcohol, about sexual standards, about church attendance, about obeying the Bible, 
about who to marry, about staying married, about how to discipline your children, about integrity at home, about integrity at work, about how you treat other people, about how you handle conflict. Look, all of these choices, they don't affect just you. They affect the people around you. In fact, the older you get, the more people that your choices affect. Now, we've looked at the downside of this principle, but I'm telling you, there is a tremendous upside as well. Look at these verses, 25 and 26 of Daniel 6. It says, Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. Now look, I'm telling you, there is no possible way that Daniel could have anticipated that his one decision to pray before an open window would lead to an entire nation worshiping God. There's no way he could have possibly anticipated that. And bigger than that, there's also no way that Daniel could have possibly anticipated that that one tiny decision to pray before an open window would result in his story being retold thousands of years later to several thousand people on a Sunday morning just like this. There's no way he could have possibly anticipated that. But it happened because the truth is, is that my choices don't affect just me. And your choices don't affect just you. And you have no idea how far reaching the choices that you are making today can affect your children or generation or the generation after that or who knows how many generations beyond that. You have no idea. But I'll tell you this. There is one decision that you can make that will affect your family more than any other decision. There's one decision that you can make that will have far longer reaching effects and far stronger effects than any other single decision you can make. And that is the decision for you to to become a Christ follower yourself. See, when you make that one decision to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and you follow him, you become a Christ follower, man, I'm telling you, that changes everything. You know, for you, that changes your priorities. It'll help you maintain a better attitude. It will increase your tolerance. It it ups your patience. It lowers your anger. It increases your love. Now, all of that happens over time as you continue to follow Christ. But the point is, is that your choices don't affect just you. They affect other people. They affect those around you. So have you ever come to the place in your life where you have asked Jesus Christ to forgive you and pledge your life to following him? Now, I made that choice when I was 11 years old. And truthfully, I can point back to that one decision in my past, and I can see that after that one decision was made, that there became a pattern in my life of beginning to follow and honor God with how I live my life. But that's where it all started. So if you've never made that decision, 
Would you make the decision to become a Christ follower today? I'm telling you, it is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And not only has it affected my life here, I also know that when I die, I will spend eternity in heaven with God, and it's all because I've trusted fully in Christ. And by the way, I did become valedictorian at the end of my high school career. Yeah. And and that wasn't anything that I did. I truly believe that God allowed it to happen because I honored him with the decisions that I made. And so it was a whole lot less about me and a whole lot more about him. And just out of his simple grace and mercy, he decided to make that happen. But even if I hadn't, it wouldn't have changed a thing for me. I would have honored and loved him the same. So, let's all make some decisions to put God first, honor and fear him above all things. So, find your connection card and let's make some of those same decisions together, shall we? Perhaps for you it's this first next step. I choose to fear the Lord more than I fear what others might think or do. Would you make that decision for yourself? Would you make that one decision? Next, I will ask the Lord to show me a choice I can consistently make that indicates that I fear him more than I fear others. I'm telling you, you have no idea what that one small decision, what that one small choice might be that would set a pattern in your life telling you it's huge number three i will think more thoroughly about my choices because they don't affect just me would you do that number four i will ask the lord to guide me in my choices and use them for the future good of my family number five this week i will read the story of daniel and the lion's den in daniel chapter six It's a great story. And there's so much more that I wasn't able to bring out today. But I'm telling you, who knows what God would show you? Would you read it? Or this last one. I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you've never become a Christ follower, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. I want to give you a chance to pray that in just a moment. But before I do, I want to give, or while I give you a chance to pray that, I want to give everybody a chance to pray about the decisions that you've made today. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, and I want all of us to take these moments to pray. And if you're ready to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to do it. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we want to say thank you for Daniel and how he was so devoted to you because he feared you and loved you and wasn't afraid or intimidated to back off of that commitment. And I ask that you would help all of us as your followers, as your children, 
to follow you with that same wholehearted commitment because you are greater than anything that this world has to offer us. And so I ask that we would follow you with all of our hearts, fear you above all things, and that you would use that to help us to make choices that don't affect us, but it would affect our families and people around us for generations to come. And I ask that you would bring us all back next week to hear what you want to say to us at the wrap of this series. And as you do all of that, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.